0: This is going to be different. I don't have music. I don't have an intro today. And (laughs) if you want to know why, it's because the guy in that intro isn't the head coach of the Ducks anymore. And I don't have time to change it. So we're just going to go totally, what, what we call in the business, raw. You might laugh at that. But no music, no intro. This is still Scoop Duck and hi fi. Matt Bagley joined across the interwebs by uh, Justin Hopkins from Scoop Duck. Mario Cristobal is not the head coach of the Ducks. That blew me away. I know every other beat writer, 24 7, Rivals, Sports Illustrated, blew them away. I know it blew the TV guys away. We didn't see this coming. Justin Hopkins, I feel safe to say you didn't see this coming either. Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, um, you know, I, I think, you know, I think, you know, Willie Taggart did his thing and I know that this is, you know, reminiscent of that in some ways. And I'm sure that makes, you know, it makes fans uneasy. It makes them upset, uh, understandably so. Um, you know, I, I think that what probably stings about this most and what made it you know, kind of hardest to believe is, you know, Mario Cristobal, uh, when getting this very job, you know, that was really kind of his platform Mm -hmm. was, you know, I'm not going to be like that guy. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to be loyal. I'm going to be transparent. Um, and I would say for the last, you know, three, four years, whatever, uh, he has been, I think we've all felt that way. Right. You know, has he, has he changed? Has he done other things? Sure. But, um, you know, at least on Scoop Duck, you know, we had the uh, privilege of basically talking to the last three or four recruits that he visited on Saturday and Sunday following Friday. Um, and he, you know, he told them uh, to their faces, I'm going to be at Oregon. Um, you know, I, I know for Tetroy McMillan, the, the prize wide receiver commit. That was a big thing. Like, you know, Mario looked right at him and said, I'm, I'm going to be at Oregon. Not like, Hey, you know, I'm talking to these guys or, 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 you know, Hey, yeah, you know, I do have some decisions to make. Um, so yeah. Uh, you know, for me, I think I felt like I was giving Mario the benefit of the doubt, mm-hmm. you know, based on the body of work, he'd kind of showed us the last, you know, last three or four years as, as Oregon's head coach. Um, but I guess at the end of the day, uh, you know, Miami's home, so it is what it is, right?
0: Right, right, and, and we'll talk about the contract. Obviously, we'll, we'll talk about the ass-kicking that Oregon suffered on Friday, but I think this is way more important, and so we'll, we'll focus most of this conversation, about an hour or so, on, on all the ins and outs of the Oregon head coaching Search now, and uh, and and the event that obviously led up to it, Mario Cristobal going to Miami. Um, your site has been a, a really entertaining resource for me over the past couple days. I I always say I, um, I I spent my teenage years on on internet forums back when internet forums were the the bomb, right before Facebook and Reddit and Twitter. Everybody had, like, these internet forums for everything, and, and ScoopDuck reminds me a lot of that, in the sense of you'll have these events that come come by that cause people to just lose their minds in real time, and you get to watch it unfold. <laughs> uh, how, how's your board been from your perspective? How's it been for the past couple days? Oh, I mean, you know, it's,
1: it's, it's the highs and lows of... Uh, here's what I'll say, and, and uh, obviously there's a lot I could say, but it's the highs and lows of of the super fans, right? right. And, that, you know, I've said this before. The, the people that are on my site daily, spending time on there, posting, reading, uh, you know, those are, we, we call them the one percenters. Uh, you know, it's a little bit bigger fraction than that, I think, right. but you the, get my the, point. The those super are,
0: diehards, right?
1: The super diehards, yeah. You know, you're living with every injury. You're living with every, you know, interception that Anthony Brown throws. You're living with you know, every decommitment, every commitment. Um, And and that's what makes being a fan fun, right? That's like, that's the ride that, you know, we're on that ride. We're all on that ride together to forget about the bills that we have to pay, uh, you know, and the job that we have to do and, and the chores that we have at home and the, and the lawn that we need to mow, you know, we go jump on that ride and it's kind of our fantasy train, if you will. And uh, so I get it. I get that those, those folks are emotional. You know, I'm emotional at times too, um You know, I, I think just you know, it it doesn't matter. Well, it does matter. But regardless of how much of a relationship I have with Mario Cristobal, you know, you get to know these people, you get to know their families. I even felt the same way about Willie Taggart in some regards. Obviously, I don't like the way he left, and 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 there were some some negatives to him being here. But you know, that's still a person. It's still you know somebody that I I'd had conversations with, uh and and the same for Mario Cristobal and. You know, would, would I have liked him to stay at Oregon? Sure. I mean, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know what right. you want me to say, but, right. but yeah, you know, why not? I Here's how I look at things. I mean, a a bird, in the, a bird in the hand is is worth two in the bush, right? So, I mean, you know, at least with Mario, it was a known commodity. You knew that you would recruit well. Uh, you knew that you'd have a, a, a pretty tough nose style of, of football. You knew that he would do a pretty good job of bringing in coordinators and, and coaches every year you know, there was some pretty known commodities there. And I think there was a comfort level with that. And, you know, let's be clear. A lot of other schools coveted that because, you know, this wasn't the first job that came his direction. It's not like, you know, this is the first opportunity he's had. So, um, and, you know, I, I, and again, we had him on the pod and, and, and you know, that there's been some interaction, um, you know, that's a person. And I, you know, making that decision, you was tough you know it wasn't just like well yep miami called him leaving you know i know there was a lot that went into it so yeah for fit for fans to take it back to fans like you mentioned i get it you know you guys are invested too you know most of you probably know his kids names when you know 90 percent of the fan base has no idea you know most of you you know probably know a little bit more about him than just the common fan and, and you you build that relationship with them and and the reality is your attachments to the school, your attachments to Oregon. How could you leave Oregon? This is Oregon. This is my school. This is uh, and I understand all that, but uh, I, I get it. And it's uh, it's tough. Yeah. Message boards been wild. You know, like you said, it was a play by play. Really, the last 48 hours, you know, news starts coming out. And and that's how these things start. Right. That's how these things start. Almost exactly. There's just a, a little tiny Plume of smoke that starts and it keeps getting fanned and it keeps getting fanned and it gets bigger and it gets bigger and then next thing you know the you know the the smoke is is fully engulfed in flames and and here we are Monday morning looking for a new head coach.
0: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) and and I just want to say real quick, I I want people to to think back on how respectful you were just then. Like the elephant in the room here. You have a lot of people on your site that are upset and and saying, hey, why'd you get this wrong? Right? You said it'd be 100% and he's going to stay at Oregon. Um, you had sources, and I'm not going to ask you to burn those sources, but I think in this instance, your sources burned you. And that happens, right? That's that's journalism. They burned you, right. and, and you're still sticking by them, which I think is awesome well i mean you i mean you get you get close to the flame
1: and and that's you know and that's how information works it's um you know 90 percent of the time it's great information you know there's no doubt the last three or four or five years or whatever uh, you know scoop ducks been able to get um you know pretty accurate information um usually first usually weeks ahead of the curve on a lot of cases and uh and that's great and you know i mean shoot man i mean i I, I'm talking to people that are, are with Mario Cristobal on Saturday saying, right. you know, that he's not changed. He's, you know, he's out here recruiting. He's telling kids he's staying. I mean, they're in the living rooms with him. I mean, <laughs> you know, and they're not making, you know, they're not making crap up so that I feel good. It's like, you know, cause those guys are worried too, you know, this is their livelihoods. And if Mario Cristobal leaves from Miami, you know, assistant coaches are left like, okay, is he coming back for me? Am I, you know getting unemployment now what you know i mean those guys have a vested interest in this they have no uh you know reason to be um you know deceitful or 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 deceiving and uh yeah it, it is it's tough that, that you know i say it this way i'd love i'd love for the the people that do like to nitpick what i do which is fine i you know i'm used to it it, it honestly rolls down my back most of the time right Uh, I mean, you talk about me, talk about me being wrong. I'm, I don't even blink twice. You you talk about my family and stuff. Well, then you're going to draw a bigger reaction out of me, but, um, you know, that kind of stuff, I'm, I'm fine with it. Uh, it's the good and the bad. If you, if you want the other information that, you know, I was able to provide for the last four or five years, well, then I guess, you know, maybe this is the, uh, the cost of doing that business at the end of the day, uh, if you will. But, um, I I do feel that after watching Rob Mullen's press conference this morning, which was a little sweet, but pretty short to the point and very professional. Right. um, I I don't think anybody had it right. You had a bunch of people that you had several people that basically said, it's Miami. It's his dream job. He's going to take it held out on that as they should. I don't blame him. Um, It ended up being right. I mean, I, I, I honestly think it's a lot closer then people think that he could have stayed in Oregon, but he didn't. And that's, you know, that's the, there's a lot of factors, you know, nobody expected maybe the health of his mom to take the turn that it did. You know, there's just, uh, you know, I mean, I think it feels like Miami suddenly came up with a bunch of money that nobody expected them to have. Right. And, you know, it's like, okay, well, if they're going to, if they're going to offer him six, $7 million, you know, Oregon can counter that and keep him Well, it turns out they, I guess apparently found $400 million in some help thing that they had and, and, and wrote him a blank check. And I'm not kidding. I think Oregon fans will see that as this unfolds, you know, the reason that this choice became so hard and and, and ultimately the reason I believe he went to Miami is I believe, and we will see that they flat out wrote him a a blank check in, in all, in all areas. I don't, again, to understand this decision and to understand Mario Cristobal, it's not just, Hey, what's my yearly salary? That's never been him. It's never been I want, you know, five million a year, eight million a year, ten. It's never been that number. I mean, that's a part of it, sure. But it's been how much for my assistant pool, how much for my recruiting pool, how much for me to build this building, how much for me to invest in NIL. He looks. I mean, that's and that's probably Mario's best asset is the way he manages a program, uh, and I and I mean the whole program. I'm not talking about in a football game. Right. That's something else. I'm, I'm talking about a whole program. And, and I think that we'll see and we'll we'll hear about you know Miami made a very strong commitment to giving him all of the uh, you know basically giving him all the assets that he wanted. and at the end of the day that was his alma mater and they wrote him a blank check and he was able to go back home it's it's you know it's that simple. but uh, again, I don't I, I don't think anybody in the last week or so and here's the thing, dude. They freaking did this with their head coach standing right there looking at them. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it's absolutely unfathomable that 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 if we take it back and we take the emotion out, it's unfathomable that you you literally just went through a whole coaching search and signed a coach with your head coach standing right there recruiting, looking at you like, "Bro, are are we still good? Are we good?" I mean, it's
0: it's unheard of in college football. It's unheard of in in football. Period. It's it's uh it's wild. Take the family out of the equation and take the hometown out of the equation. Because I I think those are two really compelling factors here. And I I speak from experience, right? I run my hometown radio station. It wasn't the first job that I had in the industry, but it was a job I had circled because of family and hometown. Um, Let's say this is a, a generic coach, same ability as Mario Cristobal, and he gets the same offer. Same money, same infrastructure. Does he take it? You mean he gets the same offer from Oregon? Uh, from from Miami.
1: Oh, like from Miami. Hypothetical.
0: Uh, He's not tied to Miami. Doesn't have family there. but sure. but, but he the still gets the $8 the million same- and he still gets the staff budget and all this stuff you laid out.
1: So okay, so you're saying that this person. Um, I guess I don't understand. Do you mean that Oregon and Miami are exa- offering the exact same thing, or it's the exact same scenario with somebody not named Mario Cristobal? Uh, the latter. D- does he take? Okay. Does he take it? Uh, I, I think t- I, I think you're making a great point here. Nine out of ten times, if if what I believe and what I was told was offered to Mario Cristobal from Miami, okay, if if they if if they make the same investment offer to, we'll just call it Coach XYZ, he's going. Wow. I mean I, and I don't wow. I don't think or I don't think Oregon um I, I don't think Oregon was wrong in what they offered. I don't think, you know, Rob Mullins does have a, a, a tendency to, to kind of penny pinch a little bit and, and, and hold the budget a little bit. Uh but I think they made a pretty fair aggressive, you know, market offer. And I think Miami had decided, obviously they wouldn't do this with every coach, but especially our XYZ coach, but they had decided that you know, getting Mario back meant enough to them to basically say, you know, and, and, and obviously it wasn't even Miami that did it. It was the boosters. I mean, this whole thing was ran by boosters and they don't even have an athletic director in place. Right. Um, Like, it's just wild. If you, if you peel this away and as duck fans, we're watching this, you know, transpire at Georgia, we'd all be going like, what the hell is going on down there? There's no way that actually happened. Right. Well, it did happen. It just unfortunately happened to Oregon. Um, it, it's wild to think that, that Miami conducted a massive coaching search. And it's not a not a vast coaching search, but a intense coaching search without an AD mm-hmm. and with its head coach standing right there. If you just simply look at that alone, regardless of the emotion of what else is attached to it, it's absolutely wild what took place the last 48 to 72 hours.
0: Yeah. And, and, and honestly, this is where I want to chime in, like, if it were me, and I'm biased, alright, I've lived in Oregon all my life, but Oregon has the best facilities in America, Oregon has a, a competitive offer on the table, 10 years, I think 85 was what you reported, and I've, I've been seeing that number floating all over, so it could have been somebody else. I think I, I know you had 10 years and, and a lot of salary, um, and then you factor in what we all know about Oregon, that instead of dealing with an army of boosters, you only have to please one, Phil Knight. And instead of dealing with a bunch of bureaucratic administrators that all want their own agenda, you only have to work for Rob Mullins. I right. I, I personally would look at Oregon as the more compelling job. Oh, 100
1: percent. You're better set up, um, you know, from a, a current roster standpoint, you're already better set up. Uh, your recruiting class is, is, you know, a top 10 class in the nation. Uh, if you're here, you know, I mean, you're, you're about to sign a really good class. Uh, if okay, Mario Cristobal has gone, right? If Oregon can act swiftly, which I'm, it's it's I'm sure that Rob bullens is not an idiot. He's a very intelligent guy. He's fully aware that time is of the essence here. He doesn't have, you know, the two, three, four weeks to run an exhaustive search. He just doesn't, um, and it doesn't mean he's hiring somebody today. But you know, I think he knows that he's got to crank this sucker up a little bit more than he would normally and my opinion is that if he does that and he's successful at it and if he can get what i believe are probably one of his top two or three candidates you can keep a lot of that recruiting class in place not all of it you know i mean your kids that are uh you know in texas and and east you're gonna have a tough time with those okay let's let's be real kelvin bakes cam williams some of those guys Mm -hmm. You know, going to be tough to hang on to if if you're able to hang on to him. Tanner Bailey already decommitted the the, the quarterback at Alabama. I, you know, personally, no slight to Tanner Bailey, but you know that one doesn't hurt this class in my opinion. Uh, he's and I will say that largely uh, and fairly to him because you know the transfer portal sitting right there with some really good quarterbacks in it. Right. Uh, if you're the, if you're that gung ho on a quarterback, um, you get the right guy in here. Uh, I I think that you can keep. Most of the players in Eugene that are currently in Eugene, uh, you might lose a few. You might lose a few, but you're, I don't think this roster blows up if you get the right guy. And I think you keep that class in place. Somebody's going to walk into a pretty good situation. This isn't like somebody's walking into, you know, Mississippi State or or even maybe what Dave Aranda kind of walked into a, at Baylor to a degree. You know, these guys are going to walk into, hey, we got some pieces here. We got some dudes you know, we got some corners. We got some defensive linemen. We got a pretty good offensive line. Let's just get them going and 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 recruit the holes. And and let's be real, the transfer transfer portal, you know, it, it, has, it it's a it's a definitely a bandaid for somebody like that to come in and be like, hey, we need two or three guys at these positions. Let's go find somebody that that plugs these holes. You can do it. So uh, yeah. attractive job. I love it. I think I think you know i think the right guy comes in and he's going to walk into a pretty sweet situation and oregon can be really good for a long time
0: i like what you're saying about the transfer portal because if jonathan smith can use the portal to recruit guys to corvallis i think coach x right justin wilcox chip kelly anybody could recruit through the transfer portal to get guys to eugene an hour away um your your conversation about kind of the state of the program is exactly where I want to go with this. Some fans are are freaking out. Sky is falling. We're going to lose all these great recruits, and, and Oregon's never going to win anything ever again. Some people think Oregon's going to be totally fine, A- and I'm closer to that camp considering Chip and Helfrich went to national championship games and won Pac-12 championships before Mario Cristobal ever got to Eugene where were you in in that debate is oregon screwed is oregon fine what what do you think well mario's a mario
1: is i i would have to say that mario is probably one of the more polarizing coaches that i've covered at oregon you know there wasn't much polarization when it came to chip kelly you know i mean everybody knew he was going to score points running offense um, you know, have some trouble against the physical teams, but they lived with that because they were 11 and 1, 12 and 0, you know, 10 and 2, whatever the case might be, and blowing everybody out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Mark Helfrich uh, wasn't all that polarizing. <laughs> you know, it it went pretty pretty south pretty quick there for for Coach Helfrich. You know, so a little different there. Um, you know, Willie Taggart. You know, that one there. Obviously, it was just the uh, the moonlighting as as you as it will. Um, you know, sure. Everybody was pretty excited at first he bailed. Uh, Nobody was excited about the way he bailed, you know, about some of the things that had transpired through the year. I don't think there was a lot of love lost there. uh, As far as that goes, this one's tougher, uh, because, you know, Mario Cristobal, you know, kind of came in unproven, uh, was probably a huge reason why there wasn't a mass exodus from this team at that time, you know, kind of held that the, the strings together on that recruiting class you know, started pulling this thing together uh, and won some big games. And and just this season alone, okay, just this season alone, probably one of the most polarizing seasons uh, that I can recall in Oregon football. You go and beat Ohio State on the road, huge win, no KT, you know, very monumental win. Anthony Brown plays a great game. And then you get your ass handed to you by Utah twice in a row in the last three weeks, essentially, like just – You know, absolute polarization right there, just on those outcomes alone, and you know. So then, questions come up: Is you know, were there distractions? Is Mario Cristobal, you know, a a good game coach, and things of that nature? And I'm not answering these. I'm just I'm saying these are common questions we saw on Twitter, on the message board. You know, the decision to start Anthony Brown, basically, at all, but especially when he's trotted out in the second half of the Pac-12 championship game, and and it was clear that you know, he was not effective in that game. You just start to look at some of those things. And and again, I'd say it's, it's, he was incredibly polarizing. People loved his recruiting prowess. We'll probably never see maybe that level of recruiting at Oregon again. And I, and what I mean by that is, you know, consistent top five level classes. It doesn't mean the next guy can't do top 10 classes, which are also really good. Okay. So I'm not saying the classes are going to fall apart, but that level of recruiting is pretty elite. Um, you know, but I I think there were some some game decisions that that left fans questionable on that, and ultimately I do believe, and from what I hear, that was a sticking point, you know, with an Oregon too, especially you know given the the really the last three performances. Yeah, they beat Oregon State, but it wasn't like they walloped them. Uh, you know, I think you know if we're being candid, I I, I believe Phil Knight and Rob Mullins probably had conversations and. You know behind closed doors probably relate to one another like are we 100 percent certain this is the guy and i don't mean like they were ready to fire him but hey do we really need to throw 10 million dollars a year at this guy are we right. certain that this is our guy that leads us here um because again you look at the recruiting and and and, and again like i said as a, a program manager you know the way mario cristobal built this program some of those things he he gets an a plus plus on you know but then there were some other areas that you, that you had questions on uh, and I think Phil Knight and Rob Bullens pretty much had some of those same questions so yeah state of the state of the program state of the program which was your question as I painted that picture there I, I, it's not all lost again if you can if you can get a guy get one of your top two or three choices get him in quick you know probably your best bet at this point as far as recruiting is concerned is, you know, sign probably what I'll say are the few guys that are going to sign with you in December and then, you know, re-recruit those guys that are committed to you in January to sign in February. At least get them to, you know, remain open to you, to have conversation, to host you in their homes. I think you can hold a lot of that class together. But again, uh, time is of the essence. I I don't think this program's in bad shape. But I do think that, and this is an alarming thing. But I do think that this hire is very important, and I'm sure that Rob Bullens knows that. Furthermore, furthermore, probably the most important element of all of this, and I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, dwell on it long. Uh, last I checked, Phil Knight's 83. Okay, he's not going to live forever. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to live forever. He wants to win you know, now.
0: He wants, he to, wants win. to
1: win. I think I think they'll pony up for the right guy. He wants to win. And the reality is this Phil Knight's not gonna be around for many more coaching changes. Okay. So maybe this is the last one. Maybe he's got two more. We don't know. But the key is time is of the essence. And I think that this becomes a, a, a very big very a very big hire for Rob Bowens, that's for sure. Right.
0: And and I think that takes me to a couple points. I I always read people or or hear people say on my show that, you know, hey, Rob Mullins is really cheap with his money, but it's not Rob Mullins' money, (laughs) right? Right. It's Part of it is the university's money, right? Part of it is what Oregon draws in on gate sales and what they get in in their television contracts uh, with the revenue sharing in the Pac-12 and in college football. Part of it is, you know, the gate of what every other program brings in, sure, and, and what some of the small donors bring in. But all the big moves at Oregon are with Phil Knight's money. So it's, it's what does Phil Knight want? And I think you hit the nail on the head of there's a strong likelihood Phil Knight was left with a pretty sour taste in his mouth after those last three games. Like, I know, I know a lot of fans were, and I know as a fan, I was. Like, after... After you lose the way you lost, not just one butt-kicking at Utah two weeks ago, but then turn around two weeks later, have everything to play for, have every reason for that team to come out fired up. It's a Pac-12 title game. It's a neutral site. You don't have to worry about the snow. You're playing that team for a second time. You know everything they're going to throw at you, and they still blow you out. That that and they did and, yeah and they did the exact same thing. Right. They didn't change a right. thing. They didn't change a darn thing. And, and so for me, I, I have to admit, like I was banging the drum. I was behind Mario Cristobal right up until that game Friday night. And and at that point, I told myself, I hope they don't give him a ten-year contract, eighty million bucks plus, because I don't think he's going to live up to it. So I, I I could see where Phil Knight would feel that way. Yeah, I, I and I think.
1: You know, that was a maybe a a miscalculated error on Mario's part. You know, maybe if there was an offer given to him by Oregon, he should have signed it before then. Uh, I mean, certainly he was in practice all week with his players. If he was, you know, kind of hip to the fact that, uh, you know, something was off or they weren't focused or, you know, Joe Moorhead already had his foot out the door because he was headed to Akron, you know, all those things, if that is the, you know, if that was the case, maybe you should have signed it, but, uh, you know, maybe he just wanted to be at Miami. I don't know. Maybe he was part of the problem with that. Yeah. Um, I do agree. I do agree with what you're saying, uh, you know, that, that, you know, Oregon seemingly could have, might've have potentially dodged a bit of a bullet there because, you know, let's be real Oregon, you know, barely beat a lot of teams this year that they should have kicked the crap out of. Um, and again, I'm not one of these people that's like hey Oregon's got to win 73 every week or else it's a failure right right I'm I'm not I'm not that way but when you look at what Arizona brings to the table and and you're beating them by shoot I don't know was it seven ten points not right. much it was a close uh, it was
0: a one score game in the fourth quarter
1: that's all you need yeah, to know. Yeah it, yeah it shouldn't have been and and you know that's a game that probably should have been put away at halftime and you know Ty Thompson should have gotten some run out there uh, you know I you know, I, I don't know, I and mean, we'll, we'll never know, obviously, right? We, he's not going to be here anymore, so we don't know that if he'd stayed two or three more years, he brings Oregon a national championship or not. But it seems, you know, I do be, I do believe this. I do believe that there wasn't an offer for Oregon to make realistically that they could have matched uh, what I believe Miami gave him. So that might be a bit of a moot point, but um, I do I do believe this. I, I I know I threw some numbers out there that I'd heard. But you know, one of the things that I, I kind of heard repeatedly was that Oregon was pretty much stuck on not going over eight mil a year for Mario Cristobal. Whether that, however, that worked out, whether it was five years, ten years, seven years, whatever the case might be, you know, I'd heard that it was you know eight million was the cap, and 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 I don't I don't know about any of the other items. Um, I just I know that that's what I'd heard and heard it quite a bit, and you know, I, I think that they felt that way because they felt like, Hey, look, we got a really good coach here. We don't know that we have Nick Saban, but we got a really good coach here and this is what we think he's worth. And you know what? I guess at the end of the day, that's all you can do is kind of trust that Rob Mullins and, and, and Phil Knight have a pretty good handle on this thing. And uh, you know, uh, again, I'm not sitting here trying to badmouth Mario Cristobal. It's not what I'm doing in the least. I'm just trying to tell you some of the things that have floated my direction you know, some of the reasons you might be reading about these numbers, some of the reasons he was, at, you know, maybe lured to Miami. Um, you know, again, I'm thankful for what he's done. He's made he's made Oregon a better program, okay? He left Oregon a better program than he found it. Let's be real about that. You know, regardless of what the, the season was or the record, there's more talent on that roster. There's really good coaches in that office. There's a really good build-out of, of, of support personnel in that office. You know, he – kind of paved the way on NIL for Oregon with some of its top, uh, you know, athletes, he has made, he has left Oregon football in a better place than he found it. Now it's just up to Mullins and Phil Knight to, you know, take it to the next level, which I I, I believe there's a hire out there that they can do that with.
0: Yeah. Um, you mentioned personnel and, and the staff that Mario Cristobal assembled in Eugene. Uh, one of the questions I have after all this news broke today is Who's going to stay? And, and and you don't need to give me any concrete answers, right? But who do you think is most likely to stay?
1: Uh, as far as the coaches go? Yeah. Well, let me start with the ones that I think will go. I think at the moment, and again, this is very preliminary, I think it's uh, it's an absolute no-brainer that Alex Mirabal is going to go. Right, okay? right. I mean, no, nobody in their right mind expects him to stay at Oregon. Uh, and and rightfully so. That's a great I mean, I know the two are friends and and that's great. So no hard feelings there. I think Brian McClendon is probably all but gone. That's a guy who's made his entire career, uh, you know, on the eastern seaboard, specifically the southeast. Great recruiter. Uh, you know, the only reason he came out west, let's be honest, was because of Mario Cristobal. He's going to go back. And that's, you know, again, it, it's no hard feelings. I totally understand it. Um, you know, those are the, are the two guys that are, are, are on the coaching staff that could go. I think Rod Chance is another guy that, that could potentially go back, uh, you know, because he's from that Atlanta, uh, you know, Georgia area, and I and those are his roots. Again, the next coach would probably like to keep him, but he might not get that opportunity, so that's probably next. Bobby Williams, you know, Bobby Williams, if he doesn't retire, which I, I think he very well might, could join Mario Cristobal maybe in an off-field role. Uh, To some degree, I don't know that, but I think that's certainly possible. In any event, I'm basically saying that probably those three guys, Bobby Williams, uh, you know, Mirabal and McClendon probably aren't coaching at Oregon next year. Mm -hmm. I'd say there's probably a strong chance, fraud chances as as well. If I'm if I'm making a guess, there's uh, there's noise out there that Tim DeRuiter uh, has been moonlighting a little bit with some other openings. Uh, I think TCU is one of them. I know Fresno State just hired Jeff, Jeff Tedford. Uh, you know, you could very well see a scenario when DeRuiter goes there uh, as a DC for him. And, and, you know, maybe just a little bit worried about what's going on here at Oregon Um, or he might get retained, but, uh, and I imagine he'll ask me about coaching candidates next. So I'll wait for that, but uh, more, more than likely I could see him going. Uh, Jim Mastro has been heavily linked to the Nevada job. I think that's a terrific job for him. I do not believe he would follow Mario Cristobal back to, to Miami. Um, but I, I could see him opting for that Nevada job, and by a Nevada job, I mean the head coaching job. So you know that's a step up for him, and um, would be a great gig. So that's just kind of where we're at now. I know the the million dollar question is Coach Feld. Everybody loves Coach Feld. Um, again, that's another guy that until Mario came out west has been a Southeast guy. I, I gotta I gotta imagine that he's taking his guy back there. Uh, that, I, I I think that's that feels like a no brainer to me, but. Um, it, but you just never know in these things. But, yeah, that's kind of the rundown on, on what I think right now as far as guys that, that do uh, you know, that do take off from Morgan.
0: Wow. Yeah, I mean, some of those names make sense. Like when you say, hey, Mirabal's going to go, I I didn't even think about asking you whether Mirabal would stay because I, I think he's a, a certain Miami offensive line coach. Like every, every reason Cristobal would go to Miami makes sense for Alex Mirabal. They're both Miami alums. They're both Miami people. Um, Feld, to me, is the other side of that. Like, after what went down last year, where he had opportunities to work in the SEC, and after kind of knowing his backstory of, of a guy that had worked in the SEC and went out west, I would be really surprised if he leaves.
1: Uh, you mean, uh, Feld? Yeah. Aaron Feld. Oh, I, I don't, you know, I don't, I, who knows. I mean, if the next coach that's hired comes in and, 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 you know, and Feld hasn't been pried pride away already, uh, you know, he might want to work for him. I don't know. I mean, obviously, uh, him and his wife just had a, a child. Um, you know, so that changes things. If his entire family, which has largely been rooted in Alabama is back there and he can get, you know, to Miami, that puts them a lot closer to his family. So, um, you know, obviously that was a major – that was a reason uh, in Mario Cristobal's decision. I could see it a, a similar reason in, in Eric Fell's decision as well because his, his wife's from, you know, back in that direction as well too.
0: That, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, and, and Deruder wouldn't be a shock to me. Like, I I agree with you. TCU could be a good fit for him, and, and I, I guess Fresno's off the board now. Like, I, I, I just – Kind of twittered this after you mentioned it. It looks like uh, Bruce Feldman says Tedford is uh, is close to to getting that contract finalized there.
1: Yeah, at at, at Fresno State, sounds like he's ready to go, uh, and I, and I have heard that Deruder's been linked with with him there a little bit. Um, you know, so again, these are all assistants. Uh, these are all assistants at Oregon. All of them, every one of them, right? That, truthfully don't know where their future is right now you know we are you and i are recording it's 12 45 in the afternoon this news is about four hours old you know so they're all very much trying to figure out you know what the next move for them is if they're even welcome at miami if they're welcome to stay at oregon so you know those guys all now need to start looking out for themselves a little bit um and again as something that i wrote this is rob mullen's number one job right now is trying to to figure out which coaches are staying and and the ones that are staying, you know, Hey, let's band this thing together. Keep the team together. Let's, you know what I mean? Let's, 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 let's slap a bunch of band-aids on everything and do, and do our best to hold it together um, and, and ensure in them that he's doing his absolute best to make a really good coaching hire. And uh, yeah, but those guys all have families and wives and kids and stuff that, that they've got to look out for. So, and that's kind of the, Kind of the underbelly uh, of the of the football coaching world, if you will.
0: Okay, two more questions, and then I want to run through the hot board with you and go over some potential head coaches for the Ducks. We talked about coaches that might leave. How about Oregon players that might transfer? Um, you know, at the
1: moment, <clears throat> at the moment, highly speculatory. So, you know, I don't really care to get into too much. I think if we're just looking at it and being honest in our assessment, I think you start looking at some of those guys that, that are from east of Texas. And, you know, all of a sudden the guy that brought him out here isn't here anymore. So let's just say you look at a guy like Braden Swinson or Brandon Dorless or, or some of those names that did come out, uh, you know, from the Florida area and Georgia area and say, hey, all right, I, I could see it. I understand it. I can see it. But, uh, again, most of these guys are tweeting and showing on social media that they're you know, at the moment committed Oregon, you know, going to kind of band together and, you know, let's be real. We expected this mass exodus last time when Willie Taggart left and Mario Cristobal took over, you know, and Cristobal was able to to kind of bootstrap it and keep this thing together and, and hold the pieces in place. Again, if, if Rob Mullins can act quickly get the right guy in here, you know, these guys are good salesmen, right? He's going to come in and, and all of a sudden, you know, the group's going to be re-energized and, and everybody, everybody's going to be ready to go. I mean, look at USC, okay? USC went out and got Lincoln Riley, surprised everybody, okay? But all of this, you know, Lincoln Riley brought all this excitement, you know. Everybody's, you know, Lincoln Riley's the coach at USC. They forgot that the week before Baylor kicked his ass. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, you know, it, it is what it is. But, um, yeah, I, I, think, I think the roster will largely be uh, held together pretty well. Yeah, uh,
0: I just want to let fans know um, your your voice has uh, has uh, dropped and picked up a couple times, and I think it's because your phone is blowing up, which is a, a testament it is. testament to all the news. It's a good it's a good problem to have. It's a testament to all the news around this program right now, and you're right in the thick yeah. of it. Um, Did you lose me
1: on that part? It sounded like I did, but I wasn't sure.
0: Maybe like one second. Like, I can still hear what you're saying. I think most people can. It's just the quality. But again, it's because your phone's phone's going crazy. It's a good problem.
1: No. Yeah, it was a call that came in, so I apologize for that. But uh, yeah, when the calls come in, it it clicks off. I use a Bluetooth headset, Right. and it clicks it off, and uh, it allows me to keep talking but I can no longer really hear you anymore. So yeah. well, it gets kind of weird for me.
0: I can imagine. But we're back. Right. Well, I, you know, and, and this is totally, uh, you know, beneath the curtain. We, we do this remotely now because I live in Beaverton and, and you're still down in the Rogue Valley. But when I still lived in the Rogue Valley, you would come into my radio studio and we would get comments from people on Scoop Duck or on social, like, "Hey, what's that vibrating sound every you know five minutes?" It was Justin's phone <laughs> every time, right? You'd have your phone on the desk, and just boom, it would blow up. It was a, it was the coolest thing. Um, back on track, we talked about coaches. We talked about potential transfers. Uh, can can you glance a little more on potential decommitments in this cycle
1: um yeah you know once again you know i'll just kind of state the obvious here um you know you're going to look at those guys that are committed you know from from uh, texas or east of texas uh you know i think calvin banks becomes uh a bit of an obvious choice, and I think uh, it really lends some merit to what he did last couple weeks. He took a lot of crap for taking, uh, you know, a couple of visits, Texas A&M and Texas. Uh, and ultimately, uh, you know, in my opinion, uh, that was just a safeguard for him uh, in case something like this happened. And and it did happen. So now, you know, it gives him some options. He's got a relationship with, you know, the Texas A&M staff, the Texas staff. Uh, you know, he has options. If he decides to go to Oregon, great. If he doesn't, I, I don't think anybody can fault him. Uh, you know, same for Cam Williams, the other guy that that ended up visiting Texas and was very adamant that as long as Mario Cristobal was at Oregon, he'd be at Oregon, um, you know, but at least he gave himself a backup just in case. Uh, you know, those those are a couple obvious ones. Um, you know, I think, you know, you look at a guy like Tets McMillan, the wide receiver that USC's already been Hot and heavy after. And, uh, you know, you start to wonder a little bit. That was one of the individuals that Mario Cristobal was in his home on Saturday, looked him right in the eyes and told him he was staying at Oregon. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, does that hurt Oregon overall? uh you know, I, I we don't know. We don't know. Obviously, I'm just speculating right now. Again, this news is about four, five, five hours old officially, uh, in the books. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it'll definitely be something to monitor as the week goes on. But, uh, I mean, those are just a few of the immediate uh, guys that come to my mind, at least.
0: Okay, all right. We are we're forty three minutes in. And I haven't asked you to run through the hot board yet. So (laughs) kudos to us, Phil and Time, I think hitting every other angle of this story, the how it happened, the why it happened, the uh, what happens next for Oregon. But now let's get into the uh, what could happen and go over that hot board. I'm just going to throw some names out. Some of these you wrote about, some of these your readers are really excited about, some of the, the Duck fans I talk to on social media are really excited about, and then a couple of them are names that I'm really excited about. We'll start with Chip Kelly. I mean, you know, obvious
1: no-brainer there. I think, uh, you know, once this, uh, again, once this little plume of smoke started with Miami and Mario Cristobal, you know, I think it was pretty clear that Chip Kelly was going to be, you know, one of the two or three names. Um, I, 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 he is the odds on favorite with Vegas right now, mm-hmm. which makes a lot of sense. Um, you know, so the, the you have a nine million dollar buyout there that that drops in January. But I don't think you can wait that long. Uh, you know, unfortunately, even though it's just a few weeks, you can't wait that long. Um, you know, so but the good news is there you're going to get money from Miami for balls buyout. So it's pretty much just a transfer and a wash at that point. I believe there might be a million dollars difference. Either way, it's kind of a wash in the end. Um, By no means would that be a bad hire. We know what Chip's capable of. I I continue to worry about Chip's recruiting chops. Uh, Even at UCLA, it was something I warned about him going there. He hasn't shown that he is really fixing that i guess if you will so that's my biggest concern in terms of of coaching and culture and locker room and what i would assume is probably loyalty to oregon you know he's he's got all that in diamonds but uh you know there's unfortunately a lot more to competitive college football at this point than just drawing up a, a pretty fast fancy play on yeah. offense
0: i i'm curious because you're really plugged in with recruits and their families Every time we've ever interviewed an Oregon recruit, and I say every time because I'm pretty sure it is every time, they talk about how they grew up a Duck fan. And so I wonder, if you hire Chip Kelly to be the next coach of the Ducks, do you win over the locker room? Um. Uh, yeah.
1: Um. You went over the offensive locker room. How about that? <laughs> I mean, there won't be there won't be one of those players that's not, you know, probably emphatic to the moon to see that Chip Kelly's coming back uh, you know, to Oregon. So, you know, that very much is the case. I, I would like to think, I would like to hope that should Rob Mullins and, and Phil Knight agree to bring Chip Kelly back, that some sort of and I and I don't know that you can specifically do this, but some sort of demands are made on his defensive hires. Um, you know, I know that Jerry Azanaro is his guy. They're buddies. They're bros. Been together for a long time. Um, but, but I, I, I think, you know, I think that if you're Oregon, you bring Chip Kelly back. You don't have to spend big money on an offensive coordinator. In fact, you have to spend virtually nothing, which means that you should be spending a crap ton of money on a really good defensive coordinator. Uh, in my opinion. Um, so that's kind of my take on that there. Again, I do worry about the recruiting. I would love to, you know, hear that he comes back to Oregon and starts lighting the world on fire and recruiting, but uh, it's, he hasn't done it yet. So it's really hard for me to buy into that.
0: Okay. Let's throw out some more names here. I want your reaction. Cal coach, Justin Wilcox.
1: Um, it's, it, there is not a single doubt in my mind. That you could probably offer Wilcox less than he's making at Cal, and he would take the job. Um, Whoa! You know, oh yeah, Whoa. he wants out of he wants out of Cal in the worst way. You know, with the the health regulations there and how difficult they were on his team. Um, I think the support that he gets from the administration in terms of football, he would he would. Uh, I tell you what, you wouldn't have to pay him a dime more, and he'd take the job. Now, wow. I. I personally don't know that I can I, 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 how about this I'll get'll I'll keep myself from being on the hook I know that there are large a lot of the large money boosters that don't want to see that higher made so um I, I consider it unlikely because of that obviously the the two donors that matter the most are, are Phil Knight and Pat Kilkenny, but I know that there are a number of other guys that are you know really high up there that say no way, no how. So, again, he'd take the job, but I think right now, if if Oregon hires Justin Wilcox, that means that they probably missed out on at least two other guys, in my opinion, if not three.
0: Why do you think that is? Is it a situation where they, they just don't like him, or they don't like his football coaching? I, you
1: know, it's just, yeah, you know, what's he done at Cal? I mean, it's you know I, I don't know nothing that's been exciting you know nothing that that rings the bell um just uh, i don't know he doesn't recruit at a really high level um you know i don't i don't know okay
0: okay yeah i just i just
1: don't think it's right
0: um another name former Boise coach former husky chris peterson
1: uh i i don't think he's coming back i mean i don't think i don't think he's Unretiring, but I do think, I do think, if he were to unretire, honestly, maybe, and I say this, maybe the one and only job he would take is Oregon. I I do believe that that's the case. I don't dislike that hire um, at all, uh, but I still have the same concerns as I do, you know, with Chip Kelly, and that is recruiting base. And I think that with the with the way that recruiting has evolved and the amount of demands that are on recruiting, you know, I think that, you know, Chris Peterson would have to, you know, make Oregon feel confident that, Hey, look, you know, I, I probably won't be Mario Cristobal in terms of recruiting, but I'll hire the right guys to do it for me. Mm-hmm. And, and and that could work. So I, if so far from what you've asked me, you know, I think that uh, on the pecking order, um, so far from the names you've listed, it would go, you know, Chris Peterson, Chip Kelly, and Justin Wilcox in that order of the one, two, three, from the three names you've given me so far. Right.
0: Right. And I got a few few more big ones here. Um I, I don't have him on my list personally, but a lot of fans really are pushing for this guy, Baylor coach Dave Aranda. Yes. Hundred percent. That's the guy. That's that's the guy. Like
1: I mean, I'll stand right here and tell you if if Phil Knight called me today after during like if he called right now, I'd hang up from the podcast and he'd say, hey, he's on the list. Who should I? He's on the who should I hire? And I'd say, Phil, call Dave Aranda, ask him how much how many zeros you need to put on the check and send it to him. Done. That's the guy. So I I feel this way. Okay, this is early on. I think Oregon's going to have a more legitimate shot at Dave Aranda than people initially believe. And so that doesn't mean they sign him. That doesn't mean he's coming. I'm not saying, but I believe that he, so basically right now I, you, I just gave you the list of the top three. He's number one, he's clear. Number one at the top. That's for me, that's the guy it's a no brainer And again, this is of attainable coaches. Okay. I say that it's gotta be attainable coaches. Of course, my list would start with Nick Saban if that was realistic, but it's not. So, you know, from what we have right now in a realistic, you know, standpoint, Dave Miranda is the guy.
0: Hey, you just gave me a topic. Do you have an extra five minutes I can just riff with you on this? Yeah. Okay. So I can say this now because he's the coach at Miami, not the coach at the Ducks, but we've been doing this podcast for, I want to say, four, five years, and At least once a year, like I I can count probably five times this happened, you would get a phone call from Mario Cristobal, you would wave your phone at me when we were still doing the, uh, the pod in studio together, and we would have to stop everything, right? And so we came up with a rule, and I would joke about this off air with you, if the CEO of Duck Football calls... You drop everything and you pick up the phone and you talk to him, right? Like I, I'm okay pausing the podcast for the CEO. That was the rule. He's gone. Who else is on that list? That if they call, you would stop the presses. Uh, right now, yeah. I, I guess it would
1: be Rob Mullins, but I don't think he's got my phone number. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Other th- other than other than Rob Mullins, it would probably probably be uh, uh just Kim because she's at home upstairs and she knows I'm recording the podcast. So I know if she calls right now, the house might be on fire. Other than that, that's that's, that's the list right now. And I kid, but no, I mean, you know, you know, there's a few people that, you know, you and I both know you, you you know, if your boss calls you, you're, you're obviously, you know, going to drop darn near anything you're doing to answer the phone. And, and that's, you know, the case here. There's a few that that's the case with me, but uh, yeah, no, that, that's pretty it. Pretty much it for now, and I'm pretty sure Mario is in Miami, so we don't have to worry about that. Yeah,
0: yeah. I, I doubt you'll be getting a phone call from a Miami area code anytime soon. Uh, let's keep going on the hot board. I got, I got one more name that the fans have been talking about, and then I got two that, that I'm gonna get some people scratching their their eyes at me a little bit and just wondering like, what the hell is this guy smoking? But l- let's let's throw out the fans' name. BYU coach Kalani Sitake, what do you think?
1: You know, I don't. I know. I I think there are more Oregon fans that like this than me. I, you know, me personally. Um, I think he's a good coach. I think he's done a terrific job at BYU. I know he was obviously really successful against the Pac-12 this year. He beat Utah, something Oregon couldn't do. I, I, I've got a lot of love for what he's done at BYU. I just, I, I. I worry about that transition, uh, you know, into Pac-12 football for him. Um, you know, I worry about recruiting, uh, with him there. Obviously he would, he would do tremendously well, uh, in the poly community, but you can't, you can't build, in my opinion, you can't build a competitive Pac-12 roster just off poly players. You know, you can, you can get some and they could be huge contributors for, for you, you know, uh, so I don't disregard the souls and 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 that ability there but um yeah probably on the list so far I put him above Justin Wilcox but after everybody else at least for me
0: yeah you know i I think one part of of byUs success in, in Utah you could say the same about them that a lot of people don't factor in is, their players are older because they have a, a more, a lot of them have a Mormon mission for two years. And, and I think that maturity is a huge bonus in their locker room.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. And, I and, and he, and, you know, I mean, he's, they're well coached. He does a lot of things really well. I just worry, you know, we're talking about a, like how good of a program manager Mario Cristobal was, uh, you know, the, 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 the two biggest things that Mario Cristobal was recruiter and a program manager. Um, I'm not sure that Solani, you know, does those things incredibly well. But, um, you know, football football coach-wise, he's great. But I'll be honest, that one just doesn't move the needle that much for me.
0: Yeah, I'm with you. And to the heart of what I'm saying, I think if you get him out of BYU or you get him out of the state of Utah, he might not be as successful as he is at BYU. Um, So two crazy names here. And I didn't think this one was a crazy name, but the reaction I've gotten is a lot of laughs from people. Why not David Shaw?
1: Well, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I mean, he's got a pretty good gig at Stanford going. Uh, I, I don't know what his buyout is. I have no. I, I haven't researched that at all. And I, don't get me wrong. I, that's a great name. I like that name. I like. I like you throwing it at me. I didn't have him on my hot board right. uh, at all. Right. Um, <clears throat> yeah. I mean, if he's, you know, it seems as though maybe his window to the NFL has maybe passed a little, maybe not. Um, you would have an ed- easier Avenue recruiting at Oregon than you would at Stanford given the academic requirements there. Um, you know, obviously an, an African-American head coach, he would, you know, do really well in the living room of, of parents and, And whatnot for the most part so a lot to like there you'd play great football uh you play disciplined football you you know i i I don't think it's realistic but if for any reason rob mullins called him and he expressed any you know remote amount of interest i would definitely say you'd pursue it yeah
0: yeah And, and i i put his name down for a couple of the reasons you mentioned right he would kill it in living rooms. He'd kill it in the locker room. He has a proven track record in the Pac-12, so we know, we have proof, unlike some of the East Coast coaches or some of the coaches in the South, we have proof this guy can win in the Pac-12 with a Pac-12 program. Um, and I think the only hang-up for me is what you mentioned, his buyout. He makes a boatload of money at Stanford, and I don't know if, A, I don't know if if uh, there's any price he'd be willing to take to leave Stanford, because that's where his dad worked, and it's where he went to school, and it's where he's worked the bulk of his career. It's a special place for him. But even if there was a price, I don't know if Oregon could reach it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, it's worth a call. I would say it's unlikely, but it's definitely worth a call. I, I mean, I... I it it, let's let's say it all came together i would love to hire i can tell you that
0: okay and then one more crazy name for you i just kind of thought of this one today he may be out of a job come january so you might have to wait for him but what about pete carroll oh (laughs) yeah
1: (laughs) yeah unfortunately you can't wait that long uh i like where your head's at there um yeah, I, I, I that would definitely be something. I don't know that he would ever. Uh, I don't know that he would ever go to a program that would have to battle USC. I just don't think he would do it. But okay. I, maybe maybe he would. Um, but yeah, as far as far as as far as the time goes, it doesn't line up very well. I would I would say, and I think that you have a little bit maybe potentially better shot at Matt Rule from Carolina his you know, that really hasn't gone very well. Obviously he, he fired Joe Brady already, which more than likely probably bought him another year. That's usually how those things go. Right. Uh, But who knows if they, you know, they don't have Christian McCaffrey. They just fired Joe Brady. You know, if they flop this weekend and play like crap, he might be available. I don't, I I, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's certainly pretty ugly there. So that was the one I thought you might be going with. Um, But again, he'd have to be, you know he'd have to be available sooner than later because your 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 timeline's pretty tough. Yeah. Um, the last one that I'll, I want to mention that you didn't uh, is Bill O'Brien down okay. at Alabama, um, and I just think that you know you're talking about a guy that you know very much has gone the path of resurrecting his career. You know, obviously was a successful college coach. Uh, you know, Penn State. Uh, decided to try his hand at the NFL, did not work out, which, again, we've seen that's a totally different animal. Um, you know, now kind of resurrecting himself down at Alabama uh, with Nick Saban. Um, for me, that's the dark horse. That That's the that's the guy right there that, you know, for me, if Dave Aranda doesn't work out, you know, and maybe you aren't sold. but If, if Dave Aranda doesn't work out and Chris Peterson says, no thanks, I'm retired, uh, and and you aren't sold that Chip Kelly will do the things that you think he needs to do to, to do to win. Uh, that's the guy that bumps up my list quite a bit. If 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 anybody's asking me, and nobody is, yeah. but um, that that to me is kind of like my my dark horse favorite a little bit right now is Bill O'Brien. Uh, uh, he just seems he just seems like a guy Rob Mullins would like. You know what I mean? Yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I could see it both ways. I could see. So often in in hirings, you kind of zigzag. Where let's say you you had a coach that um, look at look at Washington as an example. They right. they promote from within. They hire a coach that had no head coaching experience ever. And that bombed. Didn't work out. So the very right. next guy they hire was polar opposite, right? We'll go outside the program and get somebody that we know has had coaching experience. I, I could see Oregon zigzag, and you don't hire an SEC guy. You don't hire somebody that, that has that Alabama Saban tree pedigree because you just got burned by it. Um, but at the same token, I could see Rob Mullins say, we won two Pac-12 titles. We went to a third Pac-12 title game. It worked. It just right. wasn't. It wasn't um, meant to last, but it worked. And so, yeah, right. I could I could see them go through that well again.
1: Yeah, I I, I, I think they could. I think he's a guy that would you know uh, that would make uh, Phil Knight happy. He's a guy that would make. Um, you know, Rob Mullen's happy. I, I think it's possible, but you know, again, it, it doesn't mean that. Um, you know, it doesn't mean that. That's that's. The guy. I just I kind of have him as my as my dark horse. Um, and I guess you know the best thing is is you know Bill O'Brien went to college at Brown, so yeah. that's your competition that would come calling to steal him back from you. I feel pretty good about that for yeah. Oregon. But um, and, and then the last one, very last one, I'll, I'll end here is uh, you know. You know, Dan Mullen was like really high up the list last time. You know, uh, Oregon made it higher. I mean, Dan Mullen was 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 way up there. So um, I would I would watch for that name. You know, maybe a little bit of r- red flags there with Dan Mullen at the moment, given what happened at Florida. But maybe not. Was he really given a fair shake? I don't know. So um, yeah, that's the other name I'd say to watch out for, at least from the early on realistic guys. Yeah
0: yeah and and we'll see what happens I, I think if the last cycle the last um oregon head coaching search cycle was any indication um even though you can't take that much time rob mullins will rob mullins will be as deliberate as he possibly can because this is and you've talked about it before it, it's the single biggest hire that an athletics program can make
1: yeah yeah no it it is and and that's the thing, you know, that's been my gripe, I suppose, in the past with Rob Mullins. And, and and again, I say that I've been very supportive of him. I've been very complimentary of him. You know, the way he's led this program across multiple sports is he's done an absolutely phenomenal job. My only gripe has been that at times I know he's a little bit conservative when it comes to money. I use the term penny pinching. And I, and I think that when it comes to football and football coaching, Uh, you kind of can't be like you can, but you kind of can't be, you know? So for instance, let's just say, and and this is just a hypothetical, Mm -hmm. but let's just say that, you know, um, a million dollars a year is what cost, you know, Rob Mullins to let Mario Cristobal go to Miami. That to me doesn't make smart business sense. I understand it's a million dollars a year, but in the scheme of what your program is and the amount of money that Phil Knights dumped into it, a million dollars is like five dollars for you and me, you know, on that level. So, again, I think those are the some of the areas where, when it comes to football, you have to be a little bit more aggressive and, and open up your pocketbook maybe a little bit more than you'd like. But I can I can understand and appreciate the shrewdness in almost all of the other sports that that, that he that he traditionally does.
0: Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um... I feel like uh, pretty much every question I had and and some of the big ones that I know you keep getting on the board and and I keep seeing on social over the past 48 hours, I feel like we talked about all of that. Um, Don't have time for basketball. I think you know why. Right? When When the football team loses a coach. (laughs) No. When the football team loses its head coach, we're talking about that. Yeah. Kind of glanced over the roadkill that was the butt kicking on Friday night, and I'm okay with that. If you are,
1: well, I mean, at this point, Mario Cristobal's gone, right? So right. what are we gonna what are we gonna rehash here? What are we? You know, we don't know what the roster is going to look like. We don't know who the, you know, offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator might be in in a couple weeks for the bowl game. I'm excited for the bowl game. Uh, I tell you what, I know we're just going to touch on this for a second. I would be absolute giddy. If uh, Oregon brought back Mike Bilotti and he faced Bob Stoops yeah. in the Alamo Bowl game, yeah. I think that would be a freaking blast. Uh, I'm all for it. Uh, uh, and I know that, you know, it's been thrown out there. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm with you. Let's not go over the Utah game much, the Pac-12 championship game. It sucked. It certainly looked like the players were distracted uh, and didn't have their hearts into it. And it certainly feels like we we, we might have a better understanding of why now. Um, that game's over. You know, Oregon's ramped up for a new head coach, and uh, and we have a couple weeks to talk about the Alamo Bowl game, which will be, again, which will be a hell of a lot of fun if it's Mike Delotti versus Mark, uh, Bob Stoops.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's hope. I mean, I'm I'm biased as hell. He's one of my favorite people around the Oregon program I've ever spoken with, um, and, and somebody that, as a kid, watching Oregon football, I grew up idolizing coach Pilati love the way his team's played love what he brings to the table I would love for that uh, we'll see right fingers crossed let's just hope either way Alamo Bowl get a chance to uh maybe vanquish some of the demons from an Alamo Bowl of years past and play Oklahoma as well that's gonna be pretty fun but yeah imagine imagine if
1: imagine if the ducks go out there and kick the crap out of the Sooners and Ty Thompson throws for 300 yards I can't I can't I can't wait for the message boards after that one if
0: that plays out imagine if Ty Thompson (laughs) throws for any yards right yeah any snaps please I mean uh, again one one last thing And, and then we'll we'll put this nail in the coffin we'll bury the coffin we'll move on but you're down 23 to nothing at halftime you, you really aren't going to put Ty Thompson in after that?
1: Yeah. I I would – my guess is it was re, it was related to the red shirt, and I'm – you know, I don't know. I mean, obviously he appeared in a few games. He played in that one. And, uh, you know, uh, so um, that was my understanding around that. But you know what? I mean, let's be real. If Ty Thompson's as good as we think he's going to be. Right. He ain't going to be here for four years anyway, so it won't matter.
0: I, I won't think play. about in the national championship game – Saban had Jalen Hurts, who is so much better than Anthony Brown, right? Forget about Jalen Hurts, the eagle in the NFL, who he was in sure. college, miles ahead of where Anthony Brown is right now. And right. that what, was a, what he was at Oklahoma. Right, yeah, right. Way. And that was a closer score at halftime. And Saban was going to a true freshman on the other side, just like Mario Cristobal has a true freshman on the depth chart. And Saban pulled the trigger. And it, yep. and it won him a title. Like, yep. I, I don't understand it, but anyway, no, I'm a, it's in I'm the past. Yeah.
1: It's in the past. We have a new coach that, you know, might either make better or worse decisions, uh, at some point. So I guess we'll, uh, continue talking about that. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah. And, uh, we'll be back soon. All the updates, you know where to find us. Um, I, I feel pretty good. I think we hit everything. Is there anything else you want to talk about today?
1: No, no, that's good. Let's take her home. Um, and, uh, who knows, you know, if things progress, you know, we might end up having to do another podcast this week. So let's just, you know, ride this one out and, right. and see where the see where the news takes us. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Normally I would I would talk about how I hate working extra. So I would say I hope not. But in this case, I hope so. I hope we have something big, something good to report. So uh, just keep your fingers crossed and your eyes peeled for that one. I always want to thank people for listening to the pod. And I also want to thank people for reaching out on social. Uh, we, we still have folks that say, Hey, how can we find the podcast? How can we listen? They might've had the old RSS link from before the site transition, things like that. Uh, reach out to me at Bagley sports on Twitter. Or I'm, I'm just Matt Bagley on the Scoop Duck on 3 Site and obviously you know how to find Justin on social at JHopkinsSD on Twitter and Justin Hopkins on on 3. Thank you for reaching out. If you have a question, I'll do my best to answer it and thank you for listening. Go Ducks. I can
1: do this. Now.